Omega Man Radio has been commissioned to invade deep into enemy territory, drive out the hosts of hell, and take back the land. Our mission is to preach Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who is the only name written under heaven by which men might be saved. Cast out demons and pray for the sick that they may be healed in Jesus' name. If this program is a blessing to you and you would like to take part in this harvest of men's souls, join with us and attack the hosts of hell by donating any amount online at www.omegamanradio.com. Are you ready? Ready to take a ride? Grab your coffee and strap yourself in. If you listen, I can hear God's plan. Because the show is about to begin. You're listening. You're listening to the Omega Man Radio Network. the Lord. Welcome back, Amen. Brother Michael. Thank you very much. It's good to be back with you. Everybody, we're excited to be here for a live broadcast here on Wednesday. Today is going to be August 23rd, 2023 for the archive, and we're excited to be back with Pastor Michael Cummins coming to you from England. Brother Michael, you want to open us in prayer? Certainly. Thank you, Lord, for bringing me back, and thank you, Lord, that I have the opportunity to preach again on Amiga Man Radio. We pray, Lord, that we have hundreds of thousands of listeners today, and we pray, Lord, that those who don't know about your righteous judgment will have a better understanding of it by the end of the program. And we ask you to bless Shannon and all his family Bless all the Amiga Media, Amiga Radio, Amiga Man Radio listeners and the supporters, Lord. And we pray that we will all be blessed today in your presence. In Jesus Christ, our Lord's name. Amen. You know, I say amen to that. Brother Michael, for those that may be tuning in for the first time, um, where are you located in Great Britain? And also, if they happen to be local, uh, when can they come out and fellowship with you if they'd like to at the church? Well, I live in a place called Chesington in Surrey. It's famous in England because it's got a large zoo and a fun fair, a big f- a fairground. Uh, I'm about uh, 11 miles from central London, and the church I pastor uh, is called Kilburn Christian Fellowship. You can find it online. Uh, it's an evangelical church, but I personally am a Pentecostal pastor. I was ordained in the Pentecostal church. And we meet every Sunday from 11 o'clock till 1 o'clock. Then after that, we have some refreshments. Then we do deliverance and healing prayers for anyone who wants to know. Uh, we come on 
come on Thursday and you can come at 12 o'clock and do Bible study for two hours to two o'clock. And Friday evening from seven to eight, we do prayer intercession. And uh, you can always contact me uh, on Frame Cummings123 at AOR.com. And if you go onto my website, you'll find my Skype address and I'll be happy to pray for you if you've got problems. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Also, what is your email address again, please? Frame, F-R-A-M-E, Cummins, C-U-M-M-I-N-S, 123 at AOL.com. Okay. Thank you again for that. And with that, we'll get started. Brother Michael, take it away. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good to be with you all again. Love you very much. Well, you might, I've been away on holiday for a week and it was an eventful week. I had some nice time, but my car broke down on the last day. So please keep me in prayer for God's supernatural miracle power. I'm going to finish off talking about God's righteous judgment. Week before last, I spoke about it, but I didn't quite have enough time to finish all I needed to speak about. So I want to finish it today. And the thing that led me to this subject was so many people, I don't know if it's the same all over the world, but so many people in my country in England, they have no idea of the judgment day or God's righteous judgment. Even though the judgment, the word judgment is written 294 times in the Bible. Many people think that when they close their eyes for the last time, If they've been good all their life and they've been born again, they go directly to heaven. If they've been evil, they go directly to hell. And that's what they think it is. For some reason, their churches or their pastors have never taught them about the judgment day, the awesome day of judgment. And of course, it's Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who will judge all of mankind. All of mankind that has ever lived will all be judged. There'll be people like, well, what can we say? Adolf Hitler, Marxi Tung, Joseph Stalin, Idi Amin. They will be judged. And there'll be ordinary people like you and I will be judged. And books will be opened. The Lamb's Book of Life and books were opened to see what is written down in those books. And I want to start by telling you a story of a man who has a church in London, in central London, and his name's Ian McCormack. He was famous because he uh, has got various CDs out. His most famous is A Glimpse Into Eternity. And Ian McCormack was a pearl fisher in the South Sea Islands. And one day he dived in to get pearls and he didn't wear a wetsuit. And as he dived down and swam around, as he came out, there was a load of box jellyfish. Now, box jellyfish are the most, I think, one of the most poisonous, venomous things in all of the world. And he got stung two or three times by these terrible box jellyfish. And his body swelled up like a balloon and his flesh turned black. And he had to beg people to take him to the hospital to get him to land and take him to the hospital and because he admits himself that 
he didn't really care about the native people. He just swam there to make money out of pearls. He had to give all the money he had away for them to get him to hospital. And when they got him to hospital, they started working on him. But he died. And they placed him in the morgue. And he woke up in a place of complete darkness, the place in the Bible where they say, where they say there's complete darkness and much chattering of teeth. A place where Catholics call purgatory. And he went there and he said the strange thing was he didn't know if he'd been there five minutes or a million years because time had no value there. And he said he felt around him hundreds of thousands of people chattering and their teeth were chattering. And what makes your teeth chatter? Fear. And these people were full with fear. And he was there and uh, he was in a sorry state. Then all of a sudden a shaft of light came into that place of utter darkness. And I just want to stop you there to say... One night I was sleeping many years ago and I felt an out-of-body experience and I was taken to that place, that place of pitch darkness and I was floating with my hands out either side of me like a crucifix and I was floating through this darkness and all of a sudden I came to a large white door And as this door opened gently, brilliant light streamed into the darkness. And I felt I wasn't alone. I felt that Jesus was there with me. I couldn't see him, but I didn't feel frightened. Everyone else was terrified in this place, but I wasn't. And I asked the Lord, what does this white door mean with all this light streaming through it? And he said to me, try and enter through the narrow gate, for many will try and not succeed, for broad and wide is the road that leads to destruction. And that was the place I believe Ian McCormack went. And I came back in my bed and I still felt that my spirit was not in my body. I felt very strange. But as the night went on, I managed to calm myself down and go to sleep. And as I was saying, Ian McCormack came and a shaft of light caught him and took him up into heaven. And he was standing before Jesus. And Jesus showed him a large panoramic screen. And in a few minutes, his whole life had flashed before him. Everything he had ever done from his mother giving birth to him till the time he died. And then Jesus showed him his mother kneeling at the end of her bed, praying for her son. And it would appear that the intercession of Ian's mother had actually saved him from being separated from God. And Jesus showed him the wonders of heaven, and he said everything was so beautiful. And even a little droplet of water, when it hit the larger volume of water underneath it, made a beautiful sound, worshipping God. And he was given the opportunity to go to heaven immediately with the Lord Jesus. 
or he was offered the opportunity of going back to the earth. And one thing he said, that Jesus' eyes just looked through him. He said Jesus was well-built and muscular, very handsome, but he said his eyes were so piercing that they saw through you. And he decided to go back to the earth. And Jesus told him, you must tell them about me. You must tell them about the place you've been. You must tell them that there's a judgment. And he went back to the earth and he woke up in the morgue in this hospital in one of the South Sea Islands. And the swelling of his body went down and he came alive again. And he now has a church in London. Ian McCormack came from New Zealand originally so when we talk about the judgment of god when we will all stand before christ everything that we have ever done everything we've ever thought everything we've ever spoke all the actions whether they be righteous or sinful will be shown before us and there's no escape in that let's have a look at a scripture now from Ecclesiastes 12, verse 14. It says, For God shall bring every work into judgment, with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. So this is something we can't avoid. We can't say because we've been good all our life, we've got an automatic entry into the kingdom of heaven. We must be born again. Many people who class themselves as Christians are not born again. They've never accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour. Yes, they read the Bible. Yes, they go to church. They worship Jesus, but they've never accepted him as Lord and Saviour. So one of the reasons that I do these programs is to prepare mankind for what is coming. And when I stand in front of God, that God can't say to me, Michael, I gave you a task to tell people about the end times, again, about heaven and hell, about judgment, and you never pass it on. I'm passing it on to you now. These things are correct. These things are true. All of this stuff is real. Let's have a look at another two scriptures about judgment. I want you to go to Matthew 12, and we're going to read verses 36 and 37. And when we speak, a lot of the time, you know, you know, you hear people cuss. You hear people use the name of the Lord in vain. They say, oh, Jesus when they're doing things wrong and they don't use the name of Jesus with any reverence. People do it all the time. They even do it with a swear word added to it, a profanity. And we should understand that all of this will be revealed. Matthew 12, verse 36. But I say unto you, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account of in the day of judgment. And 37 says, For by 
thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. So the first thing I say, don't use the name of the Lord in vain. Let me say this again, I'm going to read this scripture again, because it's important. Matthew twelve thirty six and 37. But I say unto you, that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give an account of thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. So let's be careful now in future. Let's not use the word of the Lord in vain. Let's be very careful for what we say. Because it might have taken us just a second or two to say what we should say. What we could pay for those words for all eternity. And if we have used the name of the Lord in vain, we need to repent of it now. So when this program's over, make a note now if you've got pen and paper of all things you need to repent of. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's go to John 12. John 12 verses 46 and 40 to 48. It says 46, I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me shall not abide in darkness. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. For I am came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Hallelujah. That's quite scary. Let's read it again. I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me shall not abide in darkness. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not, for I am came not to judge the world, but to save the world. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words have one that judgeth him. The word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. So, if you reject Jesus, there's not a lot of hope for you. You see, we live in a time in the world where people think they're in charge of their own destiny. And their own destiny is based on their intelligence. Their own destiny is based on their understanding of mathematics or science or languages. And they believe that through their intelligence, they can go forward and they can reject anything that they think is superstitious or not relevant any longer. And so many people believe that Jesus Christ and his teaching and his holy word is not relevant any longer. But when we speak these scriptures, I'm going to read verse 48 again. Hear this now and let it go deep into your soul. He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him. The word 
that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. So if you respect, if you respect and love Jesus, then you're okay. If you've given your life to Jesus, you worship Jesus, you adore him, you love him. You want all your life to be about him. You have confessed your sins. You have repented them. Then you're fine. You've got nothing to worry about. But people that reject Jesus, I'm not interested in anything religious. I believe Jesus was a man, but I don't believe he's God. People who think that way, they will have to give an account on the last day, the judgment day for that. And that will be a terrifying prospect. I'm just going to give you these last couple of scriptures on judgment and then we'll go on to others. We're going to read Acts 17, verse 31. And it says, Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, that's Jesus Christ, whereof he hath given assurance unto all men, in that he hath raised him from the dead. You see, Jesus Christ has gone through death. He has gone to hell. He has risen from the dead. And he has authority to judge mankind. He has total authority. And no one can escape his judgment. Last scripture in this section is 1 Corinthians 4, verse 5. Hallelujah. And it says, Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring the light, the hidden things. Sorry, I'll read that again. I read it wrong. Please forgive me. Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the hearts, and then shall every man have praise of God. So he will bring to the light all things we've hidden. And this is the funny thing that Ian Cormack said in his uh, DVD, A Glimpse of Eternity that everything he ever did was shown. Let's put this to the imagination. If a young boy was told by his mother, you know, that uh, she didn't have enough money to give him any money to take to school to buy some chocolate on the way home. And when his mother went to the bathroom, he opened up her purse and took a couple of pennies out, enough to buy him a bar of chocolate. We may think that that is something that wouldn't really matter much. That if his mother never found the money missing, obviously it wasn't important to her. And in her heart, she would have loved to given him the money for chocolate anyway. It's just that finances was a bit tight. Even that will be shown on that huge panoramic view. Everything you've ever done, every lie you've ever told, everything will be 
shown up. Now, all will be judged, but who will be rejected of God? All will be judged. Nobody can escape judgment, but we know some will be rejected. Let's go to the book of Revelation, and let's discuss this now. Because we need to know. Let's go to Revelation 21, verses 6 to 8, and I'll read it to you first. And he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of water of life freely. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable murderers, whoremongers, sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. When I first met that, uh, when I first read that scripture many years ago, it filled me with awe. Please excuse me, I'm just going to have a sip of water. I'm very dry. Thank you very much. Yeah, when I read that, I thought to myself, let's go back to six. And he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha the Omega, the beginning and the end, and I will give unto him that is the thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Those who accept Jesus Christ, those who receive him in their hearts as their Lord and Saviour, confess their sins and repent. He that overcometh shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Those who have received Jesus Christ, they will make it through the judgment. It will no longer terrify them. They will make it. I don't know what happens there, but shall we stand in there and the books are opened and the angels, the elders, whoever is given the task to read from the books, all of a sudden a hand will come upon your shoulder and the words of the Lord Jesus may say, this one's for me, this one's with me, this one belongs to me. And you will be saved from all your sins. That's why it's so important that we repent all of our sins. And we come to the Lord. And we do not trust in our own understanding. Let's have a look who will be lost. But the fearful, unbelieving, the abominable, murderers, whoremongers, sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. This is the second death. This is the final death. After this, there is no more death. Those will be cast into the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone. The fearful. When you say fearful, these people who are frightened of everything, who only do things to eliminate fear from their lives. 
They don't come to Jesus. Now, we've all been frightened in our lives. Even Christians are frightened. We're all frightened of something. But these people are permanently fearful. They're unwilling to speak up for Jesus. They're unwilling to stand up for what is good. And unbelieving. The Bible says that the spirit of unbelief is as wicked as witchcraft. You reject Jesus. You don't believe in him. You don't believe in his word. You don't believe in the Bible. You don't believe in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. You don't believe in the Ten Commandments. You don't believe what the Bible said. You don't believe that Jesus rose from the dead. You don't believe that Jesus was the Son of God and went to the cross at Calvary. Full of unbelief. And the abominable. Now, abomination is a terrible thing. So those who commit abominations are abominable. Those who have sex with children, those who have sex with animals, those who do all terrible things, those are dreadful people who do not care what they're doing. They do things for pleasure. They do things for enjoyment, what we consider abominable. Murderers. If you've committed a murder and you was defending yourself and it was life or death, either your life and death and you unfortunately killed a man in protecting yourself and defending yourself, you have to repent of that and God will forgive you. In the book of Deuteronomy, there were cities of refuge when a man killed another man by accident, for argument's sake, if a man was chopping wood with an axe and the head of the axe flew off and hit a man on the head and killed him outright, that man could seek a city of refuge far away from the man who would chase him and take his life if he caught him up. And he had to stay in that city of refuge all the time the high priest was alive. But God found a place of refuge for him, so he wouldn't be punished. But the difference between a murderer is that he has malice of forethought. In other words, he's premeditated that murder, he's thought it out, he's decided to kill someone for whatever gain, whether it be financial or anything else. He will go to the lake of fire. Idolaters, we know that God is a jealous God, so anyone who has sought idols and sought to worship idols. Do you remember the children of Israel was warned when they came into the land of Canaan not to worship any of the gods and idols, Molech, Dagon, not to worship any of those Canaanite gods, idolaters and all liars. All of us have told lies, but we must try in the depths of our heart not to tell lies anymore. You know, one of the reasons people lie is because Satan has convinced them by telling the truth they should be punished. 
So it's easier to tell a lie. It's easier to make a story up. It's not. Tell the truth and be saved. Do not tell any more lies. And it says they shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. One I've left out there is whoremongers and sorcerers. I've left them out. Whoremongers we know. People who chase sexual gratification and pleasure. People who go with prostitutes. People who watch pornography. Adulterers. These people are whoremongers and sorcerers. People who practice the magic art for gain. These people practice all these magic arts to have advantage over other people, to kill their enemies. Tell you something that happened to me. I was preaching in my church and we have an elderly lady who visits us and she comes from Bulgaria and she creates problems all the time. She argues with people. She has arguments with people. And really, it's been very difficult for me. I was talking about the Holocaust this particular night on the Friday night intercession. And I was talking about the countries in Europe that fought with the Germans. There was many countries in Europe that were anti-Semitic, that hated Jews. And when the Nazis punished the Jews, they stood on the side of the Nazis. They also stood on the side of the Nazis because they hated the Russians. And I mentioned Bulgaria, I mentioned Hungary, two countries that sent armies. I mentioned the Ukraine, and many Ukrainians actually managed the death camps with Nazi hierarchy above them. And this particular lady... She came from Bulgaria, and in 1940, Bulgaria passed anti-Semitic laws, and they forbade a a Jew from marrying a Gentile. Uh, Jews' homes was taken away from them, their businesses was taken away from them, and when the Nazis went across that part of Eastern Europe, the Bulgarians was given part of Thrace, which is northern Greece, Slovakia they was given part of, and uh, Macedonia, and they was allowed to populate that place. And, of course, many Jews ended up in the death camps. This woman heard this, and she didn't like it, and she came and confronted me at the front of the church and basically called me a liar and said that I didn't know the truth about history. Well, I didn't say these things based on my own opinion. I actually got them from Wikipedia, where I was reading about the Holocaust. And I read about all the Eastern European countries that fought against the Russians and fought with the Germans. I asked her to leave the church. She waited outside. When I went outside the church with my wife, she cursed me. Now, I didn't argue with her. I ended up walking away. But she cursed me. And you see, if you curse a man of God, that will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. 
I hadn't told a lie, I told the truth. And I was leading into prayers against anti-Semitism. And this woman cursed me because she believed her country was righteous and had never fought with the Nazis. Well, the truth was, they did fight with the Nazis. And you see, that curse that she gave to me will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So sorcerers curse. They curse people who speak against them or stand against them. And that's what she did. I hold nothing against her, but I made it sure that she wouldn't come to church anymore. I said she wasn't allowed in the church. You can't come into a church and start cursing the man of God. The Bible makes it clear. Do not touch my anointed. And do my prophet no harm. Or touch not my anointed. And do my prophet no harm. Let's go to Revelation 22, verses 14 to 16. And this is what it says. Blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. For without are dogs and sorcerers, whoremongers, murderers, idolaters, and whoever loveth and maketh a lie. So blessed are they that do his commandments. You will have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. You may enter the new heaven and the new earth, because you are blessed, because you kept the commandments of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Verse 15 says, For without our dogs, dogs are unbelievers, that is a name given to unbelievers, so unbelievers are dogs. Sorcerers, those who practice the magic arts who we just spoke about. Whoremongers again. Those who chase sexual gratification and pleasure. Murderers and idolaters. And whoever loveth and maketh a lie. See, whoever loveth and maketh a lie is greater than a simple liar. Because a simple liar might tell a lie to get themselves out of trouble. But a liar loves making lies. And when you love making lies, you create problems and heartache wherever you go. Chapter 16 says, sorry, verse 16 says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. So these people I've read today will never enter the kingdom of heaven. If you are guilty of any of the things that I've spoke about today, now is the time to put it right. Now is the time. To get on your knees, confess your sins. I know someone who keeps ringing me looking for deliverance. And when I tell them to get on their knees and confess their sins to the Lord, 
they do anything to get out from doing it. That's because they're demon-possessed. And no matter how much I tell this person that you have to confess your sins to, before the Lord, they won't do it. Any other people that will go, yes, there's different classifications of the things we spoke about. A terrorist is a murderer. Though he doesn't consider he's a murderer because he may have a political or a religious idolatry that has led him uh, to do what he has done. But he is a murderer. Let's have a look at Second Peter 2. But there were false prophets also amongst the people, even as there shall be false teachers amongst you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Let's read that again. But there were false prophets also amongst the people, even as there shall be false teachers amongst you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Those who preach heresies, those who have churches and they're not preaching the truth. Verse 2 says, And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be spoken evil of. These people will speak, if you like, with false tongue. I've heard people say they don't believe in the Trinity. They only believe in Jesus. They only believe in God the Father. They do not believe in the Holy Spirit. I've heard many people in the Christian church say this. Let's read from verse 3 down to 14. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them in chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly, and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly, and deliver just lot vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For what righteous man dwelleth amongst them in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds? The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. But chiefly, them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanliness and despise government, presumptuous are they, self-willed, they are not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries. 
whereas angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. But these, as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed, speak evil of the things that they do, that they understand not, and shall utterly perish in their own corruption, and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness, as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime, spots they are and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings, while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery, and that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, a heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children. Hallelujah. All of those are lost. Do you remember the angel Michael was sent to dispute with Satan, the body of Moses? And he brought no accusation against Satan, but said, the Lord rebuke you. The Lord rebuke you. Let's stay in Second Peter and we'll read verse 3. And there are another group of people who are destined for destruction. And I'll read it from verses 1 to 13. This second epistle, beloved, I write, I write unto you, in both which I stir up, your pure minds by way of remembrance, that you may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets and the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Saviour. Knowing this first, and there shall be in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts. Hear that again. Knowing this first, that there shall be in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For by this they willingly are ignorant of that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water, and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, would, not willing that any should perish, that all should come to repentance, but the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. 
Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the Lord, coming of the day of God, where in the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for the new heavens and the new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that you shall look for such things, be diligent that you may be found of him in peace without spot and blameless. Hallelujah. Let's go back to verse 3. Scoffers. People who say, well, I think the Bible must be wrong because those in the day of Jesus expected his imminent return and 2,000 years later we're still waiting for him. I think the Bible is a fable and a fairy story. There are people that say that. There are people that think it. And we should have pity on them for thinking such things. We go and we hear that to God, to the Lord, a day is a thousand years and a thousand years a day. We should be prepared. We are told that in the last days that the heavenly bodies shall fall. Many shall melt and fall to the earth. Historians believe that when dinosaurs roamed on the earth, there was a huge asteroid that hit the earth. Many people say it may have hit the United States of America in Grand Canyon. And we know that the fire and the dust that went up blocked out the sun and the dinosaurs eventually died. That came from God. I believe all things are God-given. And we're preparing for a time now that the heavenly bodies will be shaken and many will fall to the earth. You may have seen that small asteroid that hit part of Russia. It made a hell of a noise and it made a hell of an explosion and windows were blown out. Glass was cracked for many, many miles around. It will be even worse than that in the end times. These asteroids will hit the earth. Up to a third of the earth will be destroyed by fire and will melt away. We've got to prepare ourselves. We know that God, when he destroyed the world with the flood, he said that would never happen again. And we're looking for times. I'll read it again. Second Peter 3, verse 7. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. The fire, the everlasting fire, the lakes of fire, which the ungodly, after the day of judgment, will be cast in forever. Satan will be in there and those who have served him. He will burn eternally 
in the lake of fire. And as for the scoffers, listen to what it says, verse 8. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. The Lord doesn't lie. His time is not our time. His time is his time. And he does things according to his own will. And there is terrible fire coming upon the earth. I must read verse 10. This is enough to terrify anyone. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burnt up. Verse 11, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness. These things are coming and we wish to escape that judgment that Jesus puts his hand on our shoulder and we haven't accepted to take the mark. We have the crown of new life of Christ Jesus upon us. And we will be saved from all this terror which is coming upon the earth, which is called the Day of Judgment. People who don't know about this, any of you listening to this program, tell them that when they go to sleep for the last time, they don't go to heaven and they live there forever. There is always judgment. Judgment of the godly, judgment of the evil. And we should all do the right things now to prepare ourselves to be with the Lord Jesus forever in the new heaven and the new earth. Now I'm going to ask you to say a prayer with me. Rather, I'm going to say this prayer and I'd like you all to say Amen at the end. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Saviour, now is the opportunity to do so. And I ask you to say this prayer after me and say Amen. If you can't, catch up with the prayer as I say it, then pray this program back to yourself as soon as Shannon puts it online. I'm going to say this prayer now. Lord Jesus, I know you are the Son of God. I know you are the Son of Man and that you died for me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me the sins of my mind, the sins of my body, the sins of my circumstances. Forgive me all the wrong I've done. 
forgive me from for rejecting you, Lord Jesus, and not accepting you as my Lord and Saviour. But I come to you now, and I ask you, Lord Jesus, to forgive all the wrong I have done in my life. I invite you into my life now. Please be my Lord and Saviour. Please wash me clean of all the sins I've committed. Let me be born again. Let me be a new creation. And let my name be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And send your Holy Spirit to me. Lord, I say these words today in all righteousness and truth as I come to you today and I thank you for going to the cross for me. I thank you for dying for me. Be with me today and forever and renew my mind, Lord. In Jesus Christ, my Lord and Saviour's name I pray. Amen. Powerful word today, Brother Michael. Amen. What shall we title this for the archive? God's Righteous Judgment Part 2. Awesome. Okay, God's Righteous Judgment Part 2. Fantastic. I'll be getting this up quickly today. Uh, Brother Michael, tell people once again how they can reach you and support your ministry. Well, if you'd like to support me, uh, on my... uh, uh, website uh, on my email address which is I'll say it again framecummings123 at aol.com there is a paypal account if you wish to support me if you're in England uh, you can uh, go to the church every Sunday between 11 and 1 and you can meet me there and if you've got healing needs or deliverance needs I promise I'll pray for you so you will be set free if you don't live in England you can listen to Kilburn Christian Fellowship every Sunday when I preach Uh, it is recorded and it goes online there so if you go to Kilburn Christian Fellowship and you seek preaching and, and you seek preaching and teaching you will find, I think there's about 80 preachings there, go back about four years. So you can listen to them all. If you wish to ring me, you can ring me on uh, 0746923531. 0746923531. And I'll be happy to talk to you. You can ring me on WhatsApp. I am on WhatsApp. So it doesn't have to cost you anything. If you send a message to me, I'll be happy to get back to you. So, you know, there's no need for you to be alone. I'm here to help you. My friend, we love and appreciate you. It was a great word today. And see you again next week. See you next week. Look forward to it already. Awesome. God bless you all. God bless you, Brother Michael. God bless you. Michael. Cummins. We're going right into our next program. Let me save this. If you're on MixLR, you'll need to refresh. Stand by.